Hey, well, welcome to this new series, Community Over Content. And I don't know if you've ever heard it said, but uh, people say, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I mean, it makes sense in so many worlds, but it makes especially true sense to followers of Jesus because we are created in the likeness and image of God. And that means we sense that God values genuine relationship within community over just shooting content at people in order for them to grow or obey him, right? He is the one that walked with man in the garden generations before he dealt out a bunch of laws and commandments. Uh, he is the one who came for us and promised to never leave us. God is pretty amazing. He called us to do the same in the lives of others. So that's where we find ourselves in this series. We get back to our roots, if you will, and explore the greatest longing within the church. And I think our culture right now, which is community. Community. 1 Thessalonians 2.8 is, is our verse at Open Life, and it says, we loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. Our lives as well. Big idea during this series, and, and today, God values community over content. Community over content content. In this series, we'll learn from, from God walking with Adam and God meeting with Moses and God initiating relationship with people by sending his son. God inhabiting the lives of people with the Holy Spirit and God giving the church to the world. What a gift to love God, to love people, Connecting, serving, sharing our lives as well. Lives as well. We serve the God who spoke Romans 8, 28 into the spirit of Paul to communicate to the church, which says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And he's called you to his purpose. And could it be that 2020 has brought isolation, loss of life, uh, polarized perspectives, distancing? Could it be that God would take all those bad things and work them together for good? That God wants us to recognize what we were missing in the church before COVID ever showed up on the scene. Does he want us to see in this window of time does he, is he revealing to us how we need to get back to this emphasis on relationships with one another, to community? He wants us to get back to the intent of the way that we're wired and stop reducing the church to only all of our effort being about a weekend gathering. It's so much more than that. He wants us to do life with one another. To make it back to our roots is so key, not only to make it back to our roots, but to deepen our roots in our relationship with him. Why are our relational roots wired the way they are? And in fact, what makes something even grow? What could make our 
aspect of community grow more effectively? Why are we at where we're at? A bunch of these things Jesus approached in an illustration called the parable of the sower, which is really interesting because it's more about the seed and the soil. But I'm going to read it in its entirety. Matthew 13, verse 1. Later that same day, Jesus left the house, sat beside the lake. Large crowds soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rocks, and the seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, and still other seeds fell on fertile soil. They produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples came and asked him, why do you, why do you use parables when you talk to people? And he replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. This is why I, I use these parables, for they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened and their ears cannot hear. And they have closed their eyes. Their eyes cannot see. Their ears cannot hear. Their hearts cannot understand. They cannot turn to me and let, them, and, and let me heal them. But... I love the buts in scripture because this is the good news. Blessed are your eyes because they see and in your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see and, and they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting these seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that has, was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but are too quickly, uh, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil, verse 23, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word 
and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Visually, we need to capture this. <laughs> I mean, we need to understand this. And Jesus was talking to farmers who got it, right? But, but we, we have, when we're in the position of receiving seed as a footpath, right? Uh, will the seed grow? No. Great seed, but hardened hearts, right? Next, we have the seed on rocky ground. And will this seed grow here? Yeah, but actually, as soon as the sun comes out, it's just going to wither up and die because those rocks heat up and it's just not going to work. Great seed, shallow roots. When we find seed falling among the thorns, right? There's lots of thorns out there. <laughs> will seed grow there? Not really. It'll get choked out by the worries. And man, I've been picking blackberries. We love blackberry um, crisp in our home, one of our favorite desserts. And so we go out and pick a bunch of fresh blackberries. And I look down, there's, there's nothing growing under those thick sections of blackberry bushes that are producing the great berries. God does not want his church to be bare like that ground. His vision is in the harvest. Finally, good soil, right? Will seed grow here? Yes, 30, 60, and even 100 times over. Great seed plus great soil equals full harvest. Full harvest. One of our, our, cro, pro, our quarantine uh, projects uh, in our backyard was a new garden area. And it took a lot to get the soil turn and then bring in some, uh, you know, some compost and things to richen up the soil. And still we would get like a yellow leaf or the leaves would have little bumps on them. And you're trying to figure out why is this not working? And you read up and it could be a million different things. But what it's telling you is in some way, shape or form, your soil's not balanced or your roots are not getting growth like they need to. Maybe you're too crowded. You know, there's all kinds of reasons, but the reality is it, its fruit was going to be dependent on the soil. And God wants to work on our soil, our heart. The soil of our heart and the hearts of our neighbors, our community. God wants to sow seed and he's, his seed's great right? There's nothing. God, the word of God is going to bear fruit in our lives. So it's great seed, but we've got to do the work on our hearts because God's desire is for harvest, even in a season like 2020. I think we can all recognize that we're in a season uh, where most hearts are in the footpath stage, the rocky soil stage, or there's thorns choking us out. It's hard to have good soil in crisis. And we're living in a nation that looks like crisis on the news every day. Uh, things are tense. Things are polarized. But even now, God can honor good soil. Good soil is found in the hearts of those who love God and love people together, like collectively in community. Just as Jesus painted this detailed picture of soil and roots and hearts and seed, 
uh, and cultivating the land, which all the farmers were reading so much more into this story than is on the surface. I want to take some time today and talk about open life, a vision of church growing roots within balanced hearts, right? Balanced soil. As we get back to the root of our culture of doing life together, community. First, I, I want to talk about that thing, community. What is community? Simply put, we need to know each other and be known by one another in the church. Uh, we have said uh, for the last few weeks, it's come up in the talks, but uh, in this family called the church, it better be hard for people to be lonely. Like that better be an intentionally conscious decision. I want to make it hard for people to be lonely in this family. We must lift one another up within community of believers and, and be, be that in a very genuine way, not forced, not manipulation, not just a system, and all the more welcoming to the harvest as it comes in, because the more genuine we are and the more fruitful our soil is, we're going to have new people that need community all the time. 30, 60, 100 fold is a lot of work to do to welcome in the new and move into the future. We may need to lean into some systems, you know, and some new rhythms in our life, which is just going to help us be a true, genuine community. Some rhythms will stretch us, but are going to be worth it, right? Um, to, to be known and, and to know others and lift others up through this season. I mean, this is the gospel lived out. Like they, it was not easy for the early church to come together. And you deserve a life that is elevated by each other. Not just trying to grow it on your own with a bunch of content, but in community, growing your relationship with Jesus. And I believe 2020 has made this obvious. Um, this happens within small groups that are focused on loving God and loving people together, growing our relationship with Jesus and each other. Growth groups is how open life's like seeing an opportunity to do this. Interesting enough, COVID pushed us into farther, really, exclusion from one another if we didn't lean into the new contents, Zoom or, or, or whatever, you know, digital engagement. Uh, it, in fact, we were tempted to embrace content only all the more and uh, versus community, and we saw the great weakness in that. I mean, there's a lot of content out there. But if we don't grow in it together, there's something missing in our spirit. And we sense that because of the way we're made in God's likeness and image. So this constant diet of source and content and info has not led to our being more like the church Jesus envisioned. It's made us long for something. And maybe you can't put words to it, but you've sensed it as well. I mean, it made us realize that even prior to COVID, Open life was not living out God's desire for us truly being a community that he envisions that we can see in scripture, very obvious in scripture. Um, making it to service once or twice a month is not God's vision for his kingdom on earth. 
Uh, he has so much more for us. We can elevate each other so much more than saying hi in a lobby and goodbye after a service and maybe having some digital notes on an app when we go home. So we want to correct that, right? When I read Acts 2, 42 through 47, a section in scripture that says the believers form community, right? It says in verse 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place. They shared everything they had. <laughs> Pastor Dad, that's not social distancing. <laughs> no, it's not. They met together. But listen to this. They figured that out too. Verse 45, they sold their property and possessions and shared the money for those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. I mean, you could see that their health of community and content, but community, they were together in the temple, they were together in homes, all that stirred up together resulted in something. What? A great awe in the people, right? They, they were sharing, they were experiencing the joys of generosity and goodwill. And as a result, people were being saved every day. And so they had to continue to grow in that genuine community. That was their challenge. The second thing we need to do is, is growth. And I'm not talking numerical growth of 30, 60, 100, 100 times. I'm talking about growth of, of opportunity within the soil of our, our hearts more than anything. We need to grow our roots. And that involves the soil. Uh, we want to help you grow your faith in a deeper way than maybe you've ever experienced to this point in your faith. We believe community without depth can lead to shallow relationships and definitely not a genuine culture or genuine relationships. True community of the believers is what we're desiring. And, uh, and we're going to really lean into growth groups to do that this fall. What are some of the things that we're going to include in both the church and growth groups to help genuine community and relationships form at Open Life? We're going to read the Bible together. Sounds super simple. We're not just going to say, read the Bible, peace, right? No, we want to put a reading plan in your hand. And it really doesn't even matter what we're reading. The reality is we're reading the same thing so we can communicate about it. It's not just for the groups. It's for the whole church. And maybe you're still going to look at groups and go, I'm just not going to make room in my life for this, even though you know it'll elevate your faith. But I hope you can get past that. On October 5th, we're going to start a reading plan. So we give you a little time to get ready. It'll, you'll be found on the app. We'll toss it on the website. We'll push it out on all the social media so you can subscribe to it, follow it, and know where it's located. And it's something we feel passionate about because even though it's just a supplemental small amount of text a day, maybe compared to some of the things you've read, it gives us all a common growth element that we can now talk about, that we can now pray about, that we can have conversations about, we can chat back and forth about more on the daily basis than the weekly basis. 
because we need to be more like this Acts church that we're devoted to one another daily because loneliness exists. People need to be encouraged and lifted up. And that's not from just the church, in, from each other. We're people leading people. And uh, we're going to do that by praying together. <laughs> we're going to definitely include that in all of our growth groups. We're going to serve together as growth groups. And, and what that looks like as uh, really this fall, we're, we're, we've got a target in mind of the community big give. And this year it's going to look different. Uh, we're really trying to facilitate a safe community big give for families. And uh, we'll be rolling out what that looks like. But it's going to take open lifers being more involved than ever before. And how cool would it be to serve as a growth group together uh, the Saturday before Thanksgiving? Uh, growth groups will have a form of growth involved, not just hanging out together, which is incredibly valuable, but we'll have some element of reflection, be it on the talk, uh, on the, the scripture that you've been reading together, on the whether it's a right now media video you watched on your own, a book you're reading, a Bible study together, re-engage, uh, you know, that will allow your roots to be growing on your own so that when you come together, you can share about that growth. You can choose what depth like you want to jump into. And when you sign up, and say, yes, I'm going to do growth groups, and you allow us to kind of put groups together, <laughs> uh, you're going to discern like, oh yeah, I want something that involves a little more study, or no, I, I actually have a ton going on. This sounds overwhelming already. No judgment here. The key is that you're in community, and so we want to get you involved in community and growing together. Uh, growth groups should energize your faith and not become a burden to your life. They become the most critical ingredient to your fullest life in Jesus, though. I believe that 100%. How we grow in community with Jesus and each other determines how fruitful we'll be personally and how fruitful the church will be in our pursuit of our mission to reach the people, the 80,000 people that would drive by a church sign, an A-board, a church building without a second thought that they're missing out on some of the most full portions of life that are offered. And the third and, and final thing that we see uh, needed is engagement. Like this is an opportunity. Engagement is an opportunity in the church. And this next weekend, we're going to begin meeting together in person at Rainier Hills Christian Fellowship. And, and we can fit 140 some in one service. They're socially distanced with like three chairs in between families as they sit down. We'll be masked up. We're doing all the precautions and guidelines that are out there to be good stewards of the building that this church is allowing us to utilize. Um, and it's gonna be a different rhythm though. It's on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. And this is the temple court. If you think back to the Acts 2 passage, they met in the temple courts and in homes. This is the temple court option. And there's a significant amount of work to be done in order to facilitate in-person services in addition to what we're offering online uh, right now. Uh, many churches got to that point of these obstacles and just the challenges of meeting in person and said, we're out till 2021. This is too hard. Honestly, we may discover at the end of October that that's the case as well. 
We're going into October as an experiment. Uh, but we want to uh, give in-person a shot because we see the value of that element of community as well. Seeing eye to eye, encouraging one another while we're present. Uh, we're willing to juggle location challenges. We're willing to, to deal with the craziness of new rhythms, even as uh, if the things improve, sports start up on Saturday mornings, maybe we discover Saturday 10 a.m. is not the right window and we need to hop into an evening or, you know, a Thursday, a Saturday, a Sunday night. We're, we're willing to experiment to meet in person and we're willing to face COVID head on by abiding by guidelines and, and, and helping clean and do all the things necessary, which will take more volunteers to do. And um, we're ready to equip new people to serving because some people aren't available on Saturdays that are on Sundays. So we're going to need help in spaces and we're going to provide the best of what we can. We're going we're gonna to sow into families during this time. And it's a family service, which means kids are with adults and there's enough space in between aisles that they can even hang out and do their little activity sheet right there, follow along with the talk. And if they're being too loud, there's a lobby that you can hear in and see the service still. So it's pretty cool. But we want to step up our intentionality to help the kids in the room even experience the service with more engagement. So engagement is important to us, right? We'll have Sunday morning or Saturday morning. See, I'm, I need to get that right or I'm going to show up on the wrong day. We need, we need uh, to have these Saturday morning 10 a.m. services um, really as a feedback opportunity. We're going to take these next five weeks in October and we're going to evaluate whether this is the right moment, whether it's the right time of day, whether it's the right. So man, your attendance matters. Your um, serving matters. If nobody's available to serve, it's not feasible to do, right? Your prioritizing church over the next five weeks is mission critical to it to continuing in its form. And then your feedback is invaluable. If there's a better time frame, we can't wait to hear it because we want to fan into flame engagement. And this goes for attending online as well. If you're going to attend online and we're going to make the services on demand earlier than we have, then we need to, we need to hear that you're attending, fill out a connect card, or by goodness, at least text hello to the number on the screen. It's like, we need to know that you're present. We actually do want your prayer requests and pray for those every week. We want to be connecting and know that you're watching, because otherwise, we're not sure who's still a part of open life this many months later, and we don't wanna let anybody fall off. So your action from today, here's your three action challenges. Community, sign up for a growth group today. Go onto the app, go on to next steps, click the growth group, sign up, answer the questions. It's responsive. So more will show up depending on what you click. And we want to get you connected to the right growth groups. That's just important. Open lifers are going to grow together this fall. Growth. Uh, we want you to file, follow the Bible reading plan, develop a common language with one another, and let's start having conversations based on what we're reading together. While we read this Bible together over the next 90 days, and then it's going to continue past that. This is a part of our future culture. We'll do a one-year plan this next year, starting on January 1st, but we're leading up to that. 
with some creative Bible reading in between now and the end of the year. And I can't wait to see what this does in our lives. Bible engagement is so critical. That's a part of our growth together. And then engagement. Engagement is key. Show up and let us know you're there. <laughs> Check the connect card. Say hello. The next five weeks are critical for a two-way conversation to happen about how things are growing and going so that we can lead into the future. And that's what the good news is. The best days are ahead of us. We have to understand this. The best days are ahead and, and we're going to help loosen and fertilize the soil of our hearts. This heart will be good soil that roots can grow deep in. And Ezekiel 36, 26 gives us something to stand on. It says, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender and responsive heart. How do we get good soil? We surrender our lives to Jesus. We say, God, I want to be this church you envisioned for me on earth, the kingdom of earth, the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven, right? I want to be that tender hearted, good soil. And he promises that that's ahead. If we surrender today, if we say yes to him, community over content is totally possible with joy that's life-giving and enriches our life. Can I pray for you? God, I thank you for the opportunity you give us to jump into your word. And such a simple illustration helps us realize that the world around us is leading us down stony heart paths. And, and, and man, the, maybe our soil looks good on the surface, but we know under the surface there's rocks and it's gonna be tough for anything to grow effectively. Or we see the thorns around us and we feel like we're being choked out. God, you can show up in an instant and transform our hearts. I pray for that and every person watching today. Come and transform our hearts and help us lean into the church you see on earth, that we would be that church that's in full community together, that we would be that church that's growing roots that are deep, that cannot be torn away by the wind or the waves or the sun or the obstacles of this world that God, we would engage with one another and not let anybody be lonely in the faith, but that we would grow in community with one another and experience the joys of being a united church, following Jesus, growing in relationship with you and each other. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, we can't wait to see you next weekend in person or online. And we're praying God's best for you this week. Let's move ahead together with community over content.